Welcome to Faith Kit, a weekly conversation with Rev. Dr. Glenn Miles and noted guests, dialoguing their life of faith in today's culture. Let's join Dr. Miles and today's guest. Hi, I'm Glenn Miles, and welcome to Faith Kit, our weekly podcast in connection with my summer sermon series of the same title, Faith Kit, where I interview and talk with uh, colleagues and friends of mine from around the country. Our guest today is the Reverend Dr. Russell Peterman, who is the senior minister at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Russ, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Did I say that right? I, I know I'm not supposed to call you Russell, but um, I have about 25 years of ministry of memories of uh, working with you and hearing my wife whenever you were uh, getting a little crazy saying, Russell. True. <laughs> so True. I take it that She's the only one that can call me that. Well, I'll let her know that she's the only one. So, so back to you, Russ. Uh, tell us about your church and where you are and what you're doing and, and all that sort of thing. Tell us about your whole your background too, sure. family and everything. Yeah. So, uh, I, as you mentioned, I'm the senior minister at University Christian Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I've been here about four years. We are uh, across the street from Texas Christian University, uh, TCU. Uh, we started. Uh, as the university's church for the first uh, 50 years or so, we were basically the faculty, the students, the staff of the of the university is kind of out in the middle of nowhere back in the late uh, 1800s. And um, and so they needed a place uh, for those folks to uh, to worship and to attend church. And so they kind of started a, a church there in uh, in the chapel. Um, and so we started we uh, we we started as the, the university's church. Um, the first senior minister was uh, called by the um, by the board of trustees of the school, as well as uh, oh, wow. the board of trustees of the university, or excuse me, of the church. And so we've always had this long uh, connection, this partnership with uh, with TCU. Uh, and I, I always say that that uh, that's a big part of our DNA, um, that uh, that we are a university church and the quintessential uh, aspect of that, what that means. Um, so I'm originally from Northern California. Um, I came to TCU, though, uh, after high school, uh, spent four years here. Um, I grew up at the First Christian Church of Concord, California, um, where uh, I think it was my junior year of high school. I went to church camp and uh, I had this counselor uh, by the name of Glenn Miles, um, who um, just true story guided me and nurtured me and uh, helped me stay out of trouble. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I've, I've known you for, uh, we go way back. Uh, after, uh, after I graduated from TCU, I went to seminary at San Francisco Theological Seminary uh, in Northern California. Um, and then my first church was in Dallas, Texas. I keep coming back to, to Texas. Uh, I was here for just a couple of years and then um, served at Sandy Springs Christian Church. Uh, for eight years, uh, a little over eight years. Um, I was the associate minister for uh, that same high school uh, church camp counselor, Glenn Miles. Um, and uh, and so you and I had a good time uh, working there for about eight years together. And despite all that, you become a fantastic minister, which is really proof of the grace of God. Exactly, exactly. Well, I learned what not to do more than anything. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we have for what time would Glenn for today. Do, do the opposite. That's sort of what I, that's what I would do. True. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then, uh, and then after that, I, uh, I went back to Northern California. I served my home church uh, for about 12 years. Uh, I was there for 12 and a half years, I think. Um, and so let's see, I uh, personally, I, um, 
I'm married uh, to Kelly. Uh, we are a blended marriage. We've got a uh, second marriage for both of us. Um, we each brought two children into uh, our marriage. And so I've got twins, Jake and Ella from my first marriage. Um, they are, uh, they'll be 20 uh, in a couple of weeks. I know it's hard to believe. Jake Jeez, is yeah. a, uh, just finished his sophomore year at Texas Christian University. So he's right down the street. Uh, and then Ella is uh, studying pre-med at the University of Colorado in Boulder. Um, and then we've got another daughter, uh, Abby, who just graduated from high school here and will start um, at Texas State University down San, San Marcos. Uh, later this summer. Um, and then Caroline is our youngest. Uh, she just finished her freshman year in high school. Um, yeah, so uh, Kelly and I have been married uh, almost 11 years. Um, we actually met in middle school. We go way back um, and uh, have been lifelong friends and, and go way back. So I'm pretty sure my listeners want to know uh, where she went to undergraduate school for her undergraduate degree. Uh, she went to the University of California at Berkeley. Yeah, the, the number one ranked public university in the world. Yes, I uh, just had to throw that in there. And I need to have a Go Bears somewhere. Yeah, Go Bears. Uh, okay. And I'm not sure who reminds me of that more, you or Kelly, uh, that that is the number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to keep up with Kelly. That's one yeah, of my exactly. goals. Exactly. That's one of my goals. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, uh, good stuff. I was just I was doing the, the math in my head of having three kids in college at the same time. And maybe we can set up a GoFundMe thing for you later on in this awesome. podcast. Yeah, I, I'm sure awesome. that would help you guys out. That's crazy. I got both my kids out of school done and more or less mostly on their own. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'll send you a pledge card right after this. Uh, Please, so. I'll, I'll be happy to fill it out. Be happy to fill it out. Well, uh, Russ, we want to talk a little bit about uh, ministry in, in this and, and uh, primarily what your uh, current job is like and what are the great joys and what are maybe are your least favorite things to do. And, and then the third one is, uh, you know, what are, what's a myth or two that you'd love to debunk about ministry? Start wherever you want, about what, what you enjoy the most, what's the least, and a myth, you, you start. So what do I love the most uh, about ministry? I, I, something tells me if I said finance meetings, you'd know that I was lying. Um, that, is, uh, that is not my, uh, my favorite part. Um, I, uh, I'm very fortunate in that uh, this is a large congregation and I am able to, uh, to have a staff that enables me to, uh, to focus on the things that I love um, and to, uh, that they are able to, uh, and willing to, uh, to handle a lot of those other things. So I don't do a lot of the finance stuff. I don't do a lot of the personnel. I do some of that, but, um, but our executive minister takes <clears throat> care of that, which allows me to, uh, to focus on the things that I most enjoy, but also that I'm, uh, better at. Um, I was joking with my assistant this morning that, uh, Excel spreadsheets, they smell my fear. I don't know what it is, um, but I do not enjoy anything that requires Excel, um, sort of makes my skin crawl. Um, but I love to preach. I love to teach. I love to uh, vision um, and uh, cast that vision and, and kind of dream of, um, and sort of, uh, you know, to, to help us to become the very best church that we can be. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's the part that I love the most. Um, I, the other thing that I love the most is I never know uh, from one day to the next uh, what the day is going to entail. When I wake up in the morning, I head into the church. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to be? You know, there may be somebody that's got a pastoral crisis. There may be uh, who, who knows what's going to happen. Um, and so there's uh, every day is a little bit different um, and enables us to uh, to be uh, 
you know, to be fully present, whatever we bring. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, um, it, it's, it's an incredible honor to be able to stand beside people in the midst of their, uh, their greatest joys and their greatest pains, you know, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice and, and to be able to, to be with them in those moments. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, the birth of a child, uh, the, you know, the um, marriage, uh, but also, uh, when they're having to say goodbye to someone uh, that they've loved and are, and are losing, um, it's, it's a, it's an incredible privilege. Um, mm, I, I always tell people, I always tell people when they, when they join the church that, uh, that being their pastor is a, is a privilege and something that I do not take lightly. Um, and so I, I try to, uh, to be as fully present and to hold, uh, hold that in the very palm of my hand, um, gently, uh, as, as gently as I can. Well, say uh, now, now the another tougher one. Say say a little bit about uh, what you, you you mentioned finance committees. Let's go to the myth. Uh, what what's a myth or two that you'd like to debunk about about pastors, about what you do? The myth about what I'd like to debunk. You know, I I think um, especially here in Texas, uh, as it is in in some places. Uh, you know, there's this initial reaction uh, when I tell people I'm a pastor that um, that. Uh, Theologically and uh, politically, I'm very conservative, um, and that uh, you know. I, so I think that's that's part of it is that um, mm -hmm. you know we 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 do tend to um, come from a, a wide gamut of um, theological and political and and social um, ways of of seeing the world. Um, I also think um, you know I. Wait, how do I want to say this? Um, sorry, this is good radio right here. Um, <laughs> just say it, brother. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Okay. Oh, well, no, no, no. Let me let me back. Right. Okay. So I, you know, and I think the second thing uh, is that we have it all figured out. That oh, we yeah. uh, that we know exactly. You know that we that we walk hand in hand with Jesus every day, and that uh, you know when when we call, you know. God picks up the phone. I, we struggle with issues of faith and um, life and family and and all of that, just like everybody else. Um, I was uh, I was telling somebody recently about some of the struggles with my family, and and they just kind of were wide awake, and they said, you know, I or, eyes wide wide open, and they said, you know, I'm so glad to hear that your family is just like uh, just like ours. And I right. Said, you know, right. Absolutely. Right. You know, we we don't have it figured out. Um, and we're, um, I, I love that you said that Russ, uh, um, last week's guest was, was our buddy, John Ross, who, you know, well, who's a former pastor here at, at first community. And he said similar things that, uh, so, something along the lines of, um, don't ever believe we're as confident in our minds as we appear to be in public. Um, something like that. Those are exact words, but it was something like that. And, you know, that we struggle with making decisions and and losing sleep over which way to go, knowing that 49 uh, percent will hate it and 51 percent might love it. Um, those are you're the hoping kind of for those. You're hoping for those. <laughs> yeah. 51 percent would be awesome. <laughs> exactly. Take that and run. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the, the imposter syndrome is alive right. and uh, alive and well in amongst the clergy. Um, that we are, uh, we're, we're hoping that nobody notices that our knees are shaking underneath our ropes uh, most days. Um, 
Yeah, well, well, well said. I appreciate your willingness to uh, to to go to go that way. And I, I've known I've known that about you personally for however how long has it been? Would you say this would be like 1982, 83? What was your somewhere junior year? Yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. That's a long time. Yeah. That's a long dang time. All right, well, let's say a little bit more about um, uh, our next our next topic here, which is connected to the um, sermon series and and the title of this podcast, which is faith. Um, we're really looking to hear from uh, our guests uh, of what your faith hacks are. That's uh, to quote to, to use a term. You know what kind of what? How do you find yourself um, uh, uh, when you find yourself in the midst of, of times of doubt or seasons of worry or fear or whatever? Uh, are there some things that you typically do to reconnect, uh, to rediscover your faith, to reconnect to God, to uh, find yourself on solid ground again? Just sh- share any, anything you want to there. For me, uh, I think so much of my faith uh, is rooted in gratitude. Um, And so I have made it one of my uh, most important spiritual practices um, to uh, to write thank you notes. I I try to write at least 10 thank you notes every week, Um, just uh, in the midst of feeling sorry for myself or feeling struggle, uh, if I can find things for which to be thankful. Uh, and to express that, uh, not just to um, to other people, um, but also to God, um, that helps me recognize just how incredibly uh, rich um, my life is, and uh, how blessed I am. And so, if I can find find ways, even in the midst of those struggles, to uh, to be thankful, um, that makes a that makes a huge difference to me. And I, and I and I think too um, that it means a lot to those people on the other end that receive those notes as well. Um, and so that's, that's something for me. Um, I, uh, I, I try to, I try to be grounded in gratitude as much as possible. That's good. Can you, can you save a little bit about a time that, um, if you feel like going this direction when your faith was down and what was going on with that? Sure. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of times, um, I remember years ago when you and I were serving together, um, you know, my, uh, my faith was pretty torn up. I was in the midst of, um, in the midst of a divorce. Um, I had gone through, uh, as you know, a period of, of long infertility with uh, my wife then. Um, we really struggled with that. Um, and I, uh, I, um, I was really struggling with what it means to, uh, I, I sort of felt, I remember feeling like, you know, I have given, my whole life uh, to the church and to God and to serving. Um, and yet this one thing that I wanted the most, um, I was not, uh, was not being granted. And there was a, there was a time of, of crisis in the midst of that. Um, I was, uh, I was pretty miserable for a long time. Um, I was, uh, I was pretty depressed. Um, and, uh, and I was, I was very fortunate um, that I had a friend and a colleague uh, who walked with me in the midst of that. Um, and, uh, I don't know if you remember, you took me out to lunch one day. I remember I do. and just set me down and you said, Russ, uh, I have nothing else on my schedule today. Um, you and I are going to sit through this and we're going to walk through it. Um, and you just kept telling me over and over and over again, you know, you don't have to live like this. You know, you don't have to live like this. And I said, well, yeah, 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 I know. And you just kept saying, no, 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 no you don't have to live like this. And, um, and that, that was an incredible gift. You were, uh, you helped me usher through that, uh, through that time in a very real way. I remember it was a Longhorn Steakhouse. Yes, it um, was. I, I remember that. I, and I remember about a week before 
uh, you hadn't said nothing to me, and not that you were required to, about what was going on in, in your marriage, your life, and and all the rest. And and I just remember thinking, where'd Russ go? Yeah, you know that yeah. that super high energy, super talented, super amazing guy that we had hired that I'd known since he was a kid in high school was was uh, under a, a pretty serious cloud. And and uh, you know, Russ, what you said about. Um, uh, an honor to uh, be with folks in your church. It, it was an honor for me to be with you because I, I really saw you um, uh, not only move through that as painful as it was. I know there was a lot of pain after after the divorce as well. Um, and you've you've just emerged. I mean, let, let's talk about a caterpillar to a butterfly story. Uh, you've you've really emerged as as one of the best out there, and uh, I'm I'm just proud to be your friend. You're very generous. Thank you. Uh, it's not, not no generosity at all in there. It's just the truth. Well, let's let's um let, let's go a little Bible way, uh, a little Bible nerdy here. Um, uh, what I what I've been doing uh, with with everybody in these in these podcasts is uh, letting them know what my text is coming up um, uh, for the the sermon that's going to follow the release of this podcast. And by the way, both Jr. and Amy have given me good illustrations to use in the sermon. So you know, no pressure again, but uh, we'll see how this goes. But what I'd love to do, and and you know about well, let this. me just interrupt you here for a yes. second. So yes, you're, just, you're wanting us to do your job for you. Is that what you're saying? You want yes, us to do our... yes. Okay, okay. Gotcha. I just wanted to make sure. That's exactly what it is. And uh, feel free to steal this idea. <laughs> I have already written it down. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there's a box of cookies coming your way. Um, oh, Emily, Emily Rogers, who's our uh, master of all things uh, here at, at on our staff, uh, suggested I send people um, at, is it Cheryl's. You guys, is it Cheryl's? Cheryl's, Cheryl's cookies here in, in Columbus are awesome. So you're going to get a box of those as a, as a thank you. Um, so where were we? We're on, on a cold reading of the, of the scripture. What I like for my guests to do, something I do on Mondays, I know you probably do something similar, is just a cold reading. Don't, don't read what Fred Craddock has to say or Amy Jill Levine or any of those scholars that are out there. Just a cold reading and write down notes and ideas and things that pop into mind. Some of it will look dumb on Tuesday, but that's okay. It's just a, it's just a, a quick, fresh read. Um, so as you read this text of Jesus and, and, and some folks not receiving his message necessarily so well, um, what, what, what thoughts came to mind? I, for me, that phrase uh, with his face set towards Jerusalem oh, uh, yeah. was the phrase that uh, that keeps I, every time I read that it jumps out at me. Uh, and he, you may mention notice that uh, Luke mentions it twice, mm. um, and that uh, he's just so resolute, he's so focused, he's so clear uh, of of who he is and what he's called to do and to be. Um, I just think that that's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, he's not distracted. He's not, uh, he's not scrolling through social media, trying to figure out, um, what's going to be popular, what's going to give him that 51%, uh, acceptance rate. He's not, uh, he's just, he's got his face set towards Jerusalem. He knows, uh, what awaits him there. Um, but yet, uh, he also knows that, that that's, that's what he's about. That's what his life, what his faith is all about. And so he is not distracted. He's completely focused and resolute. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I noticed about that text is a little bit later when it starts talking about, uh, you know, yeah, 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 Jesus, I'm all in. Uh, but hold on a second. Let me uh, let me go um, do these things first. I gotta I gotta bury somebody. I got some other things I need to take care of. Um, and all of those, uh, all of those are very legitimate excuses, right? right. Those, yeah. are, those are things yeah. that, yeah, you know, I mean, I would, but yet, um, but yet Jesus kind of says, well, you know, that's, that's not what's most important. Um, and so uh, anytime, so as I was reading that this morning, 
uh, I started wondering about the excuses that I use. What are the mm. things that I keep coming up with um, to, uh, to, to, you know, shy away from who I'm supposed to be, um, who, who God created me to be, what, what I'm supposed to be doing with my faith and my life um, at any given time. What are those excuses that I use? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I, I love that. I love the um, love both things you said. The 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 idea of setting his face toward Jerusalem. You know, a line I've used before, and I'm sure you've used one like this too. Is every one of us has a Jerusalem at, at some point in our lives, maybe more than once. We're sure. going to have have to face a Jerusalem. Um, you know, you've you've been there. You've had one. I, I have a couple of times in in my sure. life and ministry and my family and 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 such. Um, uh, every one of us has a Jerusalem. And I, I think, I think um, that's why I love what you're talking about too, about, it, about, you know, well, what are my excuses? When you, when you find a Jerusalem in your life, you really don't, um, I'm starting to preach a little bit here, but you know, you really don't have room to deal with other stuff. You know, when I, in those moments, um, when in the, I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular in, in Kansas city, it was like all the fluff got cut away. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't have time for fluff. I don't have time for anything else. I'm going to teach, preach, and pastor, and I'm really going to get focused right now because this is where that church needs me, is to be super ultra-focused. I'm not even going to get into the thing that, that was the Jerusalem. Um, and, you know, six months later, it came out on the other side. Um, and then then had time for movies and popcorn and whatever else along, along the way. Um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful text. Uh, and, again, it's especially beautiful knowing how you've, you've faced your own stuff in your life. Um, uh, anything else come to mind before I, I move on, on, on that? No, I, I just, uh, that's a fantastic text. There's all sorts of different ways that you can go. Uh, things yep. can, I can't wait to, uh, can't wait to hear what you, uh, come up with. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's been fun. I'm having fun with this series. It's lectionary based, you know, um, yeah. and it's, and it's inspired by the life kit, um, podcasts on, on NPR. And, and, right. um, I'm not, I'm not dramatically changing my style or anything, but it's just a different angle to take. Uh, to, to look at the text and it's, it's been fun. All right. So um, uh, what are three books you'd uh, recommend for my audience to read? If, if uh, you could just list your top three right now. Sure. The top three that I've read recently, um, you know, the Lincoln highway, if you've not read that great, mm -hmm. Amor Tolls uh, novel, um, just a really, he's just an amazing, amazing writer. Um, he wrote uh, Gentleman in Moscow, I think, and this is the most recent one that just came out uh, a few months ago. Uh, here in Texas, <laughs> there's a, a book that has um, become fairly popular amongst some. It's called Forget the Alamo. Um, and oh, it's wow. a history book, basically, that says everything that you ever learned about the Alamo um, is not true. Um, wow. It's sort of, you know, it's all myth and it's based upon um, kind of distracting us from, from the real truth that was based on slavery and, and making sure that, uh, that the white folks stay in charge. And um, so it's, it's been really fascinating um, to see some folks really kind of um, forget rally the, around it. Forget the Alamo. Forget the Alamo That's instead of remember right. the Alamo. So I'll, basically I'll forget everything that you've ever taught. Uh, yeah. about the Alamo. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, it's, uh, you know, it came out, the guys that uh, wrote it, um, they're scholars, um, his, historians, um, and when they were going to be doing a, uh, a reading they uh, at the uh, Capitol in Austin, um, I can't remember if it was a governor or attorney general, somebody like that, basically forbade them to come and to talk about it. 
Um, and then as often happens, uh, you know, when, when you do that sort of thing, people go, wait, what's this book? I want to read yeah. that. That sounds really <laughs> right. interesting. So uh, he ended up uh, get, drawing a, a much wider audience to this book than, uh, than anything else. It's been really, really kind of fascinating to, to see, especially as somebody who didn't grow up in, um, in Texas. Right. So I didn't really know some of the history uh, around the Alamo, um, which is, turns out to be okay because, you know, it wasn't all true anyway. What they're teaching our kids necessarily is, is not true. And then I'll the other real, thing that hey, Russ, I, I'll, I'll say real quick, um, if I, you know, I, you, how many copies of my book do you have? Would you like a new one? Um, uh, no, I 38 is what I have. <laughs> if I write a second book, I'm praying that it'll be banned. I mean, yes, that's, exactly. That's your goal, exactly. right? That's uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> Go um, ahead. And then the, uh, the third book is one that I'm reading right now. I'm not too far into it, but uh, it's really kind of fascinating. It's called Between Two Kingdoms. Hmm. Uh, it's a memoir of life interrupted. I, um, I'm a, I, I love to read spiritual autobiographies. Um, and this is one uh, written by a young woman by the name of Sulika Javad. Um, and, uh, and she basically, right as she's graduating from college, uh, she's ready to start her life, um, and she gets diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and so she spends the next four years trying basically to survive, and as she comes out the other end of that, um, she realizes that she really doesn't know how to live, right? She's been so focused on survival that now, uh, and so it really talks about the difference between these two kingdoms, about being um, ill and being well, hmm. of living and um, dying. It's, it's, it's really fascinating. It was actually recommend, recommended to me uh, by, a, by a physician, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it. Um, so those are three right now that I would uh, kind of recommend. Oh. All three of those are new to me. I, I, my Amazon bill oh, just, cool. just got increased. I can't wait to uh, get on my computer and, and order those, especially forget the Alamo. That just sounds fascinating. Yeah. It's a, it's a heavy read. It's thick. Um, Is it really? it's not, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. The last thick history book I read was, was Grant. It was about 800 pages and, and it was, and again, not knowing, we don't really know the full broad history of, of, of Ulysses S. Grant. It's an amazing right. story for sure. Well, it's sort of like Hamilton, right? Isn't that right? Same thing. Right. Thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bought I bought the book before we went to see the play, and I enjoyed the play better than the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the book was good, but sure, it was just sure, like sure. it was a, it was a yeah, slog, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, three movies, three movies you recommend to our to my uh, audience. So we, uh, I'm doing, uh, you're doing Faith Kit. I'm doing uh, Real Faith uh, this summer, starting in July. I'm going to oh, be nice. looking at five different um, uh, five different movies, uh, trying to figure out where God shows up uh, in these in these films. Um, and so the five that I've chosen, um, uh, the first one is going to be a documentary, uh, the one on, uh, on Mr. Rogers, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Mm. Um, and so I'm going to call that one The Gospel According to Mr. Rogers. Um, and then we're also going to do Encanto, the new, um, the new Disney Pixar movie that came out. Okay. My, I'm not actually doing that one. My, uh, our minister to children and families is doing that one. Uh, and then the other one um, that I just have just fallen in love with is Coda. Um, mm, yeah. Won the, uh, the great movie, the, the Academy Award for uh, just uh, man. I watched it again the other day on an airplane and uh, just sat there and wept. Um, and uh, it's, it's incredibly powerful, powerful film. Uh, and then I'm doing um, just mercy, the Brian Stevenson uh, mm -hmm. piece. Another great um, movie. Yeah. 
another one um and then uh and then the last one is uh is what i and i'm not doing this when one of my associates is doing it but the lady in the van uh it's actually an english uh english film uh if you are a fan of of the crown um a lot of the same uh actors um that are in the crown play mm. this it's this fascinating it's a true story of this woman um who's kind of a, a rough around the edges uh, maybe that's a, a compliment nice way to say that uh and she basically lives in her van outside of this uh this person's house and for 20 some years it, fascinating fascinating movie but not a lot of people have seen it um, sure part because it's uh but it's it's a really great film yeah and, and by the way let me um i just wanted to pause here for just a minute um and i i was listening to your other version of this podcast uh and it really you talk about a faith crisis to hear that Amy Butler doesn't like dogs or movies. That really uh, kind of shook me you, up. You I, know, I, we've, we've been in prayer here on my staff for Amy yeah, every day since. Man. Yes. It's it quite makes me question, question my faith in humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I really like Amy, but who doesn't like dogs? I mean, Amy is so sharp and bright and brilliant in so right. many ways. She's a 10 out of 10 stars. And yeah. yet uh, it's, it, well, we'll, uh, We'll, we'll try to challenge her. I'm, I'm sure she's going to be at the next Disciples Conference thing, Disciples Ministers Conference. So we can um, we we can try to see if we can convert her to uh, yeah. true belief. Yes, true faith. Yeah. Something. something too funny. You know, you know, something came up um, uh, last in, in last week's podcast with uh, our buddy John Ross uh, was the need to be back out in theaters again and experiencing yeah. movies. Uh, Julie and I have not done any, anything serious uh, in, in the last month, but we have seen in terms of movies. But we have seen Top Gun Maverick in the in the theater, and we saw last night we went to see uh, Jurassic World, whatever the last version of that was. And Top Gun was great; it was great fun. You big giant uh, bag of popcorn and um, Jurassic Park. There's a little theater here uh, near uh, First Community South over on uh, um, Grandview Avenue where you can uh, get a beer and order a pizza, and and uh, that was great. The movie was so so, but just being out with people and watching movies and laughing together and, 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 you know, you know, being scared together and all that is, it's, it's really, it's really amazing how much fun that is, which is kind of like church in person, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I've, <laughs> I've actually seen Top Gun Maverick. It's the only movie I've seen in a movie theater and since the, before the pandemic. Um, and I've actually seen it twice. I wanted to see it with my kids. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they couldn't all, you know, they're, couldn't find a time when they could all go. So I said, that's cool. I'll go see it twice. Uh, it really is. It's, it's really great. I led a group uh, just uh, last week or so uh, of 30 folks from our congregation. We went to New York city for, I saw that. Days. Yeah, that's great. Um, and we saw, um, saw a couple of um, plays. We saw one play and one musical. Um, I did what this. Did you, what uh, did you see? We saw, oh man, we saw the minutes, um, which was up for the Tony um, oh. for the best play. Um, really, really, it was hilarious and funny and poignant in, in a lot of ways. It's a lot like, um, forget the Alamo. Uh, and it kind of talks about, um, you know, the, the dis discovering the truth, um, even when it's painful, maybe even, especially when it's painful. Um, and, uh, and then the other thing that we saw was Hades town, which was just absolutely incredibly powerful. And the music was amazing. Um. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was packed be out with people again and, you know, Times Square. And um, so it was, uh, it was great to be back doing that. That was a trip that we had been uh, originally scheduled in. Uh, I thought that was so, yeah, before, June before of 2020. And yes. so we, 
decided to put it off for a year and then had to do it another year. So it was great for us to be able to finally go. You know, Julie, uh, my wife, Julie, went to um, Chicago a couple of weekends ago with some girlfriends here in Columbus, and uh, they saw six. Have you heard about yeah. six? It's uh-huh. kind of like, forget the Alamo. It's a retelling uh, uh, of the uh, six wives of Henry VIII. Yep. And, and it's coming to Columbus in a few months. And she's like, I'm going to go see it again because you got to see it. So, yeah, somebody, uh, some that. some folks, we had a we had a free day and some people went and saw that. Uh, and they said uh, they went to a, they went to the the theater and a concert broke out. They said the music was right. just amazing. That, that's what Julie said. Yeah. All right. Here's the last thing. I, I like to give my uh, my guests the last word. What's your, what's your final word for my listeners today? My last word, I, you know, Glenn, um, I'm just going to take this as an opportunity um, to say thank you. Um, there are people that come into our lives uh, and journey alongside of us that help us um, become who uh, we were created to be. Um, and you, uh, there are a few people in my life um, that have been as um, influential and instrumental in that process as you have been for me. Uh, I can honestly say that I would not be where I am uh, serving this church. Um, I would not be where I am today were it not for you. Uh, you have been my friend. You have been my pastor. You have been my mentor. You've been my colleague. Um, and I am um, just so incredibly grateful for you. Uh, and for your life and for your love. Um, you have been an amazing blessing in my life, and, and I'm so thankful. Uh, Russ, um, you, uh, you can't even know what that means to me, and, and uh, trust me, you got, you got more talent than uh, anybody out there. You're, you're an amazing gift to the church, and I, I'm, just, I'm just happy to be your friend. And because of all those kind words, you're going to get two boxes of cookies. <laughs> you know what, Glenn? I don't care what everybody else says about you. I think yes. you're all right. Uh, thank you much. Thank you very much. All right. It's been a joy talking with you, Russ. Be well. Say hi to your wife for me. Tell her go bears. Tell Julia I said hi too. Uh, for sure. We will talk soon. Thank Love you, brother. brother. Thank Take you. Care. All right. Thank you for being with us in this episode of Faith Kit. Join us next week for another enlightening conversation.